Welcome to the Bethel Church Podcast. Each week you'll be able to check in for our messages from Sunday and other material. We hope that our messages encourage you in your walk and daily faith with Jesus. Make sure to check out our website, BethelStratford.org. here has ever learned something from somebody? A few people. Some like you might have learned a skill. You might have learned a trade. Some of you might have learned how to braid hair. Some of you know how to throw a baseball because of somebody else. You might know how to skate, learn how to ride a bike. You learn how to bake. You've learned how to sew. Just so you're aware, I think, well, skill and trade are kind of broad, but the other ones, I can do all of those things. I can braid hair. My mom was a hairdresser. And so I actually know how to braid hair. Not mine, but somebody else's. <laughs> but the thing is this. So if you have learned something from somebody, now the question is, who here has taught somebody? Anybody taught somebody? Has anybody taught somebody a skill? Has anybody taught somebody, maybe, has somebody taught somebody how to braid hair? Has somebody taught somebody how to throw a baseball? Has somebody taught somebody how to skate, ride a bike, bake, sew? How many people have done something like that? Okay, so here's what I want to encourage you in. For all of you, just raise your hand. I'm going to very simplify this and understand for all the deeper spiritual people in the room, don't be offended by this. You have discipled somebody. You have discipled somebody. If you've taught somebody how to bake, if you taught them how to throw a baseball, if you've taught them how to braid hair, you've actually technically kind of discipled somebody. Not in what we would call the biblical context, But discipling somebody in a walk with Jesus is just showing them how to live a life following Jesus. Yes, we can go into a deeper, big theological conversation about it, but that basically sums it up. You're going to walk with somebody and talk to them and walk through life with them as they grow in their walk with Jesus Christ. That's discipling. And as we disciple people, the idea is, We need to be discipled as well. It's a cycle. And so this morning, we're going to talk about discipleship. I want to talk to you about two people in the Bible that I think are kind of cool, Paul and Timothy, and to see their journey, to see their walk together. Um, I'm going to read through some scripture verses. They're going to sound a lot like the same in certain parts, and we're going to go through a bunch of them fairly quickly. But I want you to understand, um, the way the Bible is laid out isn't necessarily the way it was written. Now, understand me, they didn't change stuff, but they put books in order, but it's not chronologically. Chronologically means the year that they were written. So they're not necessarily, like Matthew didn't necessarily, it wasn't necessarily written before Mark, all right? And do you understand what I'm saying? Like, Acts doesn't mean that it came before Corinthians. It's, they're just put in the Bible this way. Men decided, here's how we're going to put it together, by the leading of the Spirit, but I just want you to know it's not. Like, oh, here's the letter that was written first. It's not a date at the top. It's nothing like that. They've placed them together. So we're going to look at it through a chronological order because I just want to talk about a few things. See, a disciple is this. A disciple is a follower and a student of a mentor, teacher, or other figure. That's a disciple. Is a a student or a follower. So if you've taught somebody like a student how to braid hair, how to sew, how to bake, this is how you've discipled before. And realizing that how many people know if you were taught how to do something, 
you've fought and argued before that it's the right way to do it. Anybody else? No? A few people? I remember when Melissa and I were in pre-marriage counseling, um, the guy who was doing our, our wedding, he said to me, he goes, he remembers the first fight that him and his wife had. And it was over cutting lettuce for a salad. Because her family did it one way, his family did it the other way, so they were discussing which way was the proper way. And after having an argument over lettuce, which maybe you haven't argued over lettuce, but we've all had those lettuce arguments, they stopped and finally said this, okay, so this is how my family did it, this is how your family did it, how are we going to do this? And so we learn things and we are automatically this is it. And so this is how powerful discipleship is. This is how powerful when we decide to follow someone, when we decide to pour into their life, this is how powerful it is. And we all need people in our lives to help us. I don't care if you are the oldest person in the room and we won't figure out who it is, don't worry. And I don't care if you're the youngest person in the room. We all still need mentors in our lives. We need mentors to help us with work, and work situations, do you realize that maybe your boss isn't an idiot? Maybe they're not crazy? Do you know, when I first started pastoring um, in Strathroy, I remember um, going home on holidays and we're hanging out with some pastor friends, and one pastor was so upset um, because their boss had asked them um, for a, a, a written report on how the ministry was doing and what they were planning and all this kind of stuff, and they were almost insulted, and they were like, this is, I don't think they think I'm doing a good job, and this is why they're asking, and they, and they were going, and, and I just realized it was kind of July, and most churches, year end is either January, or sometimes it's mid, like July, and so I just asked, um, when's your annual business meeting, and this person responded, oh, it's, it's like a, in the next few weeks, I said, I just want you to know, they're just asking you for a report for the business meeting, which a lot of churches still do. And they clued in. It wasn't a threat. The boss wasn't crazy. They weren't questioning things. So sometimes having people in our lives to talk to saves us saying something to our bosses that we'll regret. And so we need mentors. Not many people know you need a mentor in your workplace, but you also need a mentor in your marriage. You need a mentor when it comes to parenting. You need a mentor when it comes to finances. You need a mentor when it comes to relationships. And by the way, I say mentor, I mean, sometimes these mentorship relationships are just people we have coffee with, just people we talk to. But here's the thing when it comes to having mentors. You want somebody who's stronger than you. I'm not going to have a mentor in my life, for, especially if I think about finances or I think about marriage, if they're not good with finances or their marriage isn't healthy. I'm not going to those people. We go to people who are better than us. And I know in today's society, we're all equal and everybody's, no, people are better than me. I can prove it. I'll touch Carlo's guitar, he'll get mad. <laughs> right, like, let's be honest, like, I know we're supposed to tell our kids, you can be anything you want when you get older. But like, I don't, Miles isn't in here, is he? He's not back there, okay, good. No one sees him, he's good, okay. Miles kept telling me he wants to be an NBA star. 
like, dude, unless a miracle happens, like, I am short, man. Like, like there's certain things, like, I won't discourage him, but there's certain things where, like, you might not be whatever you want to be. But you will be whatever you're best at. And it's okay not to be best at everything. I know I'm crushing people's hopes right now. But I'm the only, like, am I the only one that will watch, like, American Idol and stuff like that for, like, the first three episodes and then I'm done? Am I, like, one of the only ones that it's, like, I want to watch this for the first three episodes. I want to see all the people that their parents and their relatives weren't honest enough (laughs) to say, you probably shouldn't sing. See the cat covering its ears? means it's a bad thing. Like, there's... And so I watch these shows because I'm like, I'm so happy that I had people in my life that finally said, hey, Chad, appreciate you being in the kids' choir. Do you want to move to the second row? Do you want to move to the third row? Hey, Chad, on this song, why don't you just mouth the words with us? <laughs> that was enough for me to go, I'm out. But it's okay. I'm not, like, I joke about my ability in music, but I'm fine with it because I'm not called to do that but I'm good at other things. I think in our society, when we talk about like, hey, you're not really good at that. I suck as a human being. No, you suck as a musician. You're an awesome human being though. Right, like, I am not a good volleyball player. I'm not a good, like, I love sports, but you put a racket in my hand, I'm hurting myself. Seriously, every time I play a sport with a racket, I hit myself. All the time. I don't know what it is. You give me a baseball bat, I can hit a ball, I can hit a golf ball, I can do all those things, but you give me a racket and I'm hitting myself. And it's not funny and it hurts. It sounds like it's funny for everybody else. It's not fun for me. But these are things that we just realize. Ask people who are better. It's okay because here's the thing. By asking somebody who's better, it will make you better. It will push you to be better. That's why I always talk, like, I always talk about sports, I know that, but, like, when you play sports, if you play with people that are better than you, you will automatically become better. Because it will push you to be better. If you want to go to the gym and get in shape, find somebody who's in better shape than you. It's okay to go with people that aren't, but if you really want to push yourself, I remember being in Bible college. Man, the Bible college fed horrible food. I mean, like, it was delicious, but you know how it's, like, horrible for you? Like, you go to Bible college. I was only there at the campus for one semester, and within that few months, I was like, what just happened to me? Everything was deep fried. But you want to know the problem was? I was in great shape when I went to Bible college, and all of a sudden I had this belly, and it didn't bother me because I was hanging around with guys that had a bigger belly. (laughs) It sounds so bad. It sounds so bad. But all of a sudden, you're like, oh, oh, I'm okay. Like, you're like, it's like, and then finally, I was talking to another guy at Bible College who went to the gym and worked out a lot, and I was like, okay, I got to hang out with this guy, and I got back into shape. And so we have to be around. You know this even in your Christian walk. You hang around with believers that live at a low standard and use language that they shouldn't use, watch things they shouldn't watch, all of a sudden it starts happening to you. I'm not even talking about non-believers. Talking about hanging around with believers. And so the question is, are you willing to search out a mentor? And as you do that, mentor other 
people. Here's the interesting thing when Paul found uh, Timothy. We're not into the chronological order yet. I want to show you where in Acts it records Paul meeting Timothy. Acts 16 verse 1 says this. Paul came to Debra, whatever it's called, these two cities, where a disciple named Timothy lived, whose mother was Jewish and a believer, but whose father was Greek. The believers in this city and that city spoke well of him. I'm not even trying. Um, I had them earlier, but you know how I said you're good at some things and you're not? You just skip through some stuff, right? You just roll with it. If you know, you can just say it to yourself, and then you're the good one. It's all great. Um, spoke well of him. Paul wanted to take him along on the journey, so he circumcised him because, all, because of the Jews who lived in that area, for they knew that his father was a Greek. As they traveled from town to town, they delivered the decisions reached by the apostles and elders in Jerusalem for the people to obey. So churches were strengthened in the faith and grew daily in number. Here's the interesting thing that I love about it. Paul, or Timothy, was already known as a disciple before Paul showed up. There are times in your life that if you're being mentored by somebody and you're growing with them and you're walking with them, that all of a sudden you might need to find another mentor. I can mentor people to a certain stage in certain areas and then I know myself, hey, my desire is for anybody that I mentor and spend time with that they will stand on my shoulders and go farther than I've ever gone. And so once they succeed past what I can do and my understanding and what my, uh, my capacity is, I am honored to be like, hey, you need to go see this person. This person will take you even farther. That's the cool thing with God is walking with somebody for a while. So Timothy's already a disciple. Now Paul goes, hey, why don't you come with me? Here's the interesting thing. In this scripture verse, it says that Paul circumcised him because his father was a Greek. I understand it's a different understanding. But when you go to follow God, when you go to be a disciple, it will cost you something. God will ask to cut things out of your life. There are certain things in your life that will have to go if you want to go deeper with God. See, most of my time now, there's times in my life where I don't even ask God, hey God, what do you need me to do? Many of my prayers is, God, what is it that you want me to stop doing? What is distracting me from going deeper with you? And do you want to know some of the things he tells me? They're not sinful, just to be clear with everybody. Some of them are like church things. Some of them are ministry things where he's like, you don't need to do that anymore. You need to concentrate on this. And so there's certain things in our lives where we can get so busy trying to even serve God that God goes, hold on. Let's drop that. Let's do this. There's some things in our lives that are sinful we have to get rid of, but sometimes it's just busyness. And so there's times where we have to ask God, what is it that you want me to do? What do you need me to do? And what do you want me to stop doing? Acts 18.5, we're still talking about when Paul and Timothy started working together. It says this, when Silas and Timothy came to Macedonia, I know that one, Paul devoted himself exclusively to preaching, testifying to the Jews that Jesus was the Messiah. I find it interesting that once Silas and Timothy, his, his disciples, showed up, Paul was able to concentrate on preaching. When we first start following the Lord, when we first start pressing into him, and we want to go deeper in our walk with him, there comes a time where we serve, we don't teach. Timothy and Silas, when they showed up, it allowed Paul, devoted himself exclusively to preaching. Preaching. 
They came to do all the other stuff so Paul could preach. There's times in our lives where we want to be the teachers when sometimes, even if we've taught our whole lives, if we've done certain things, we come along with under people and we serve. I still take opportunities to go with mentors of mine when they're speaking somewhere and I carry their bag. I carry some water for them. Yes, they're totally physically able to do it themselves, but I just do it. I serve. And it's because I want to learn from them and grow with them. And I just understand in this moment, in this place, it's them. It's not me. And I'm here to serve. I try to make sure that when people know when I'm with them, I don't even tell them I'm a pastor. I don't even tell them I pastor a church. Oh, how do you know them? Oh, they're one of my mentors. We just kind of hang out. Teaches me lots. Because I just want to serve. And from a serving spot, that is how we learn so much. So now we're going to chronologically, and we are going to kind of fly through this quickly, this part. 1 Thessalonians 1.1. 1, 1. These are just the introductions of the books that, or the letters that Paul has written. And we're going to walk through them because I want you to hear how Paul introduces them. Paul, Silas, and Timothy to the church of Thessalonians in God the Father, the Lord Jesus Christ, grace and peace be with you. The next one, Thessalonians 2. Um, Second Thessalonians, sorry, Paul, Silas, and Timothy, to the church of Thessalonians, God our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace and peace to you, from God the Father to the Lord Jesus Christ. See how they're all just the same? See how it's just their names? Fairly straightforward, fairly simple. Now check out 2 Corinthians. Paul's actually kind of drawn a line. And now he's separating. Remember I said there's times where we teach and when we serve? Paul separates. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother. And then he goes into his, his regular greeting. But he's separated now. He said, no, I'm the apostle. He is one of our brothers. But there's a difference. There's a difference between us. I find it interesting. It's just intriguing to me as you read through, and if you look at it chronologically, how Paul has changed this as he went on. Philippians. Paul writes, and he says, now he kind of pulls them back together. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ. Now we serve together. And as we get to the end of this message, you'll see how I connect these dots and bring it together. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, all God's holy people in Christ Jesus and Philippi, together with the overseers and deacons, grace and peace to you from God our Father and Lord Jesus Christ. This is how he greets in the letters that he's writing. And then he writes a letter to Philemon. This is a letter to one person, not to a church, he says, Paul, a prisoner of Christ, obviously he's in prison at the moment, and Timothy, our brother. Now he's back to our brother. And he's brought Timothy from our brother to now, like, hey, Philemon, Timothy's our brother. He's one of us. This is who he is. Um, a dear friend, a fellow worker, also to Afrin, our sister, and I'm not even going to try, our fellow soldier this morning, it's not working, and to church that meets in your home. This is just a home-based church, and Paul's writing them to encourage them. Grace and peace to you from the God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now Paul has put Timothy in the same spot. Hey, Philemon, you know how we're brothers? Timothy's one of our brothers. This is how we are. We're together in ministry. Colossians 1, he uses the same opening. Paul, an apostle of Christ to Jesus by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother. He's gone back to, this is our brother. They are now one. How many people know, like, I understand when 
there's people in my life I classify as brothers that they're spiritual brothers. They're not my brother. I only have one. But they're spiritual brothers because we've journeyed together. We've walked life together. These are the guys that if trouble is happening in my life, I call. These are the guys that if I bump into without seeing each other for a couple of years, it's like you saw each other for the last three years together all the time. These are the brothers that I believe they're talking about. This is Timothy, our brother. He goes from no title to a servant to our brother. And this is what we need to do as individuals, as Christians. We need to be pouring into people and leading them. And then we also need to be pouring into people who don't even see themselves as anything. I had mentors in my life when I first uh, came back to the Lord in my early 20s that would pour into me and speak words over me and allow me to do things. They wouldn't even allow me. They forced me to do things that I didn't feel comfortable to do, I didn't feel called to do, and I felt was, not, was beyond me, but they saw it in me. And we need to ask God as Christians, as most of the people in the room, if you were a mature, mature Christian, you should be praying and asking God that you will see with spiritual eyes what he has put into other people. And when you see it in them, you don't get envious. You encourage and you, you pour into and you give them opportunity and you allow them. Do you know what just... Every Sunday, it just warms my heart. I know it might sound like a weird expression, but it warms my heart that every Sunday I stand over here to worship. And I don't know if you do this, but I look across the whole platform. And majority of Sundays, there are people up here from so many different generations all leading us in worship together. And it just makes me go, that's healthy. That's healthy. Do you know how many times we have visitors that come and they'll walk in and they'll see people from all generations across our platform leading us in worship and they'll be like, you, how, did you get, how did you get the young generation, the older generation on there together? I'm like, it's the hearts. And do you know how many of them when they find out that we have like teenagers playing instruments and leading us on Sunday morning, they're like, you guys allow that? That's how we pour into each other. That's how we raise up a church that's healthy, which is what we are. That's how we raise up people in their giftings and their callings. We have them teach different spots. Carlo, I love you too much. Somebody stuck a sticky note on your back, dude. I know, I love you too much, sorry. (laughs) See, we have each other's backs. We mentor. We lead people. We lift people up. There's another side of me that wasn't going to say anything. I have to be truly honest. (laughs) That was awesome. Um, I just want to know what it said, but don't tell me. Um, But we pour into people. And even in, like, silly illustrations like that that I can promise you wasn't planned, we have moments to protect people from good jokes. I'm sure if I saw it, if I was sitting where Jesse was sitting, I probably would have read it, laughed my head off, and let him walk out the door. Um, but there's parts of us, like, we can use moments like that just to help. And people know, hey, they have the, my best for me. Now, when we mentor and we pull and we, and we raise people up, I want you to know, that comes with correction. All of the mentors in my life, have full ability 
And I'm, I'm, I've given them full permission at any moment. Call me and say, this is the expression they are allowed to use. Chad, you're being an idiot. And then I go, okay, tell me. And they will tell me exactly how I'm not, well, I'm being an idiot. I'm not thinking right. I'm not doing things clearly. And they have full permission. So that's the other side of discipleship. When we ask people to speak into our lives, we allow them to speak into our lives. That's how we receive correction. When we try to correct people that we don't have that relationship with, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. So what I call my disciples, when I call my mentors in my life, they're my coaches. I've talked about this before. Coaches coach, critics criticize. I have so many mentors in my life and so many different areas of my life, and I still seek them out because I will be in a room with somebody, and if all of a sudden they do something for God, they do something spiritually, they talk business sense, they talk about marriage, and I see their marriage, I see their kids, how their kids are incredible, all that kind of stuff, I start asking questions because I want to learn. Andy Stanley tells the story of this gentleman, who I don't know how they did it, and I, it's great, but I don't think, I think personally, I think it's kind of weird if it was for me, but it's like somebody won an opportunity to spend an afternoon with Andy Stanley's dad, Charles Stanley, and won an opportunity, and so they went out fishing, and Andy was young, so he went on a boat with his dad and this gentleman, and Andy tells a story of this. They got in the boat. This gentleman had, I forget how many hours, fishing with Charles Stanley, and Stanley, Andy Stanley, I'm just going to be careful how I say Stanley's because I'm referring to both of them, but Andy Stanley says, the gentleman didn't ask one question, and he didn't barely stop talking that Charles Stanley didn't have a chance to really say anything. And Andy Stanley said, he goes, he missed it. He missed the opportunity. If you have the opportunity, this is both sides, young, old, doesn't matter who is mentoring you, it doesn't matter. If you have an opportunity to sit with a mentor, if you have an opportunity to meet somebody, have lunch with somebody, here is what I do. I show up with questions, and if we're eating, sometimes I just want to eat my food, so I'm not really taking notes, but I tell them straight up, I have questions, and do you mind if I record our conversation? And I record my conversation with them, because sometimes when I'm taking notes, anybody else, when you're writing notes, you're missing what they're saying, and you're like, oh, they just said something good. And so I record the conversation, and I've had mentors ask, Chad, what do you do with this? Like, are you, like, blackmailing me? And I'm like, no, no. I listen to it on the ride home, and I'll listen to it again at another time. And it's because you can hear so many more things. And so when you have that opportunity, take questions, learn, listen. Other side too, come prepared to answer questions. Let they want to learn from you if they're mentor getting mentored by you. Here's the other thing for everybody in the room. I want to tell everybody in the room. If you are a Christ follower, how many people are Christ followers? Okay, I'm really impressed with how many people just said, yeah, I'm going to raise my hand today. Awesome. God bless you guys. We need to serve like juice and crackers more often. I understand it's communion, but you guys just raised your hands. It's the sugar and the grape juice. You're like, <laughs> um, sorry. But he said, he said this. I even forget what I was saying. Got so distracted, you guys raised your hands. Oh, yeah, you're all Christ followers. There it is. You're all Christ followers. So you actually have something to offer other people. Too many of you in this room don't think you have something to offer somebody else. 
I look through this room, and I can almost go through this whole room and point out people and tell you exactly how you can pour into my life and teach me things in my life. Because every one of us is gifted differently in this room. Because you're gifted differently, you have something to gift to other people. So don't let the enemy sit here as I'm talking about discipleship. Don't let the enemy whisper in your ears, which he's doing to many of you, well, what are you going to teach people? You have so much to teach. So much to teach. What are we at? Colossians. Let's go to Philippians. Wow. We could go to the Philippines, but let's just go to Philippians. I want you to hear how Paul talks about Timothy in this verse. But I trust in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you shortly, that I also may be encouraged when I know your state. For I have no like-minded, for I have no like-minded who will sincerely care for your state, for all seek their own, not the things which are Jesus, which are of Christ Jesus. Next slide. But you know his proven character, that as a son with his father, he served with me in the gospel. Therefore, I hope to send him at once, as soon as I see how it goes with me. Paul is saying in the first part of this, can you just go back one slide? Paul is saying here, I have no one like-minded. And then he talks about how people just want it for their own good, for their own state. They're just kind of selfish. And then in the next slide, he says, but you know his proven character. He's talking about Timothy. I can't come, but I've mentored and discipled Timothy so well that he is like-minded. So if I can't be there, you're just as good if Timothy comes. Do you know that people were called Christians, disciples were called Christians, when they talked about discipleship in the Bible, when they served under a rabbi, the teacher, the rabbi would mentor them so well that you couldn't tell the difference. They would teach them how to walk, they would teach them how to sit, they would teach them how to eat, yes, sorry, they would teach them how to use the facilities to the exact same way as the rabbi, as the teacher. So their disciples looked so much and acted so much like them. Now, I don't think you need to disciple somebody on the facilities. But there's many other areas in our lives that we need to disciple people and mentor them and lead them. Listen to Paul. Paul poured into him and spent time with him. And he is so like-minded. Listen to the way Paul encourages us to follow Jesus Christ. And imagine, imagine today's society... Imagine if a pastor anywhere, I'm not even going to say if I said it, if a pastor anywhere said these words. Look at 1 Corinthians 4. I am writing you this not to shame you, but to warn you as my dear children. Even if you had 10,000 guardians in Christ, you do not have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I became your father through the gospel. Therefore, I urge you to imitate me. I want you to think of any pastor, we'll just go on TV, say TV, any televised pastor says, hey, you want to follow Jesus? Just imitate me. How many people know in social media today 
they would get lit up as a false prophet. Most of you in this room would just be like, I can't believe they said that. Paul wrote it. It wasn't even a, oh, they misunderstood me. This was the text that was sent and went, oh, should I have typed that? Oh, autocorrect. No, no. Imitate me. This is how bold Paul was. Imitate, do what I do. Imitate means this, to follow or endeavor, to follow as a model or example, to mimic, to impersonate, to make a copy of, reproduce closely, to have or assume the appearance of. This is how well we're supposed to mentor. This is how well we're supposed to disciple. When he said go in the world and make, and make disciples, he was telling you to make them like you. So, yes, every one of us has something to give. Every one of us has something to offer. But the question is, is this. Are you living at a point where people can imitate you? Now, that's not to shame you, just as it says. That's not to come down on you. That's to hold us to a standard. And for some of us, maybe this morning, it just takes your standard from here to here. To go, wait a minute. I'm a good Christian. I live well. My life is good. I follow Jesus. I spend time with him. But what if somebody was to imitate me? It's a good question. So how do we do this? How do we disciple people? How do we get people to come to know Jesus Christ? It's very simple. We're going to fly through these. Start a conversation. It's that simple. Start a conversation. Can I encourage you on something? And this isn't a sales pitch. I just want you to know, if you're ever wondering, why did we make travel mugs? This travel mug, I take it wherever I go. Now, I drink coffee a lot. But I take it wherever I go, and it starts conversations no matter where I am. No matter where I am. Because people look at a coffee mug, and they see a church on it. And a lot of churches around here don't do anything like this. So they automatically go, Bethel Church, where's that? Oh, it's just by home hardware. They give out travel mugs? Well, we sell travel mugs. We don't give them out. Choose, choose my wording carefully there. Um, like, well, that's cool. And like, what's that church like? That's seriously how the conversations go. It's that simple. It just starts a conversation. So why do we have travel mugs? To start a conversation. That's it. No, it has to be more reason than that. I like coffee, and it starts a conversation. That's it. If you're looking to start a conversation, if you take a travel mug to your work and you're like, I just don't know how to talk to my work coworkers about Jesus, put that on your desk. Watch the last question. See? Amen. <laughs> they agree. Another way, how do you start it? How do you get somebody out to church? Seriously, take one of these packs today, hand it out, put it on a door. That's it. All you got to do, enjoy the weather. It's supposed to be up to like, I think, 16 degrees today. Go for a walk. Yeah, see, now everybody's like, oh, I'm going for a walk. Take these with you. You get a little exercise off the sidewalk. It gives you a few more steps. You don't have to go as far. Just walk up, stick it on. Don't walk on the lawns yet. Too wet. Some people haven't scooped yet, so just watch for landmines. But go for a walk. Hang these out. Now, you go the step farther. They give the heart to the Lord. You're leading them to Jesus, and you're like, Chad, how do I disciple somebody? Just a fresh reminder, we hand out purple books. In our salvation packs at the back, they get a gift bag. It has a Bible in it and has this book in it here. All you have to do is be a chapter ahead of them, and you walk them through a discipleship book that fills in the blanks. They find their Bible. They read through their Bible. They learn how to read their Bible, and they simply do this. 
And all you do is take your travel mug, have a coffee with them, go through the purple book. And as you're mentoring them through the purple book with your travel mug, somebody else asks about the church and you start it all over again. That simple. That simple. This is how we begin to disciple people. Sometimes we try to make it too complicated, like, well, we have to do. No, it's this simple. Love people. Let them watch your life as you love people. And so here is how Paul mentored Timothy, and we watched it as he was called different things. He says this. This is what I believe is mentorship. Watch me. Oh, yeah, sorry, 1 Corinthians. Paul says it again. Imitate me just as I also imitate Christ. He says it twice. And so Paul did this with Timothy. This is all you have to do. It says, watch me. This is my understanding of discipleship. Watch me. And now, watch me, and then you do it. Then you do it, and I watch. And then guess what? You do it. That's it. That's discipleship. Just watch me. Watch me live my life. Now, let me watch you. Just watch me and, and just begin just to watch. Now, hey, you watch me. Now you try it. You try it. Try it. Try it. Now let me watch you try it, and I'm just going to watch. You do it. Oh, that's so good. Guess what? You do it again. I'm going to go. That's discipleship. That's how we empower each other. That's how you win your neighbor to Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for so many people in the Bible that have discipled well, that so many people that we can look at from, from Paul and Timothy to Moses and Joshua, that, Father, how they poured into people, realizing that, Lord God, you've called us for more than just this. More than just this moment, more than just this life, that, Father God, my life is meant to pour into others and to lead them closer to you in Jesus' name. And so, Father, I just lift up everyone in this room, and I just pray that this morning, Father, that we just begin to um, reach out to our neighbors, to share Jesus Christ with people. Father, whether that is with a travel mug, whether that is with a door hanger, these are just methods, Father God, to get us to a point where we can share with our neighbors. I believe right now, Father, that I just pray for a stirring in everybody's heart in this room that they have something to give. They have something to pour into people. They have something to offer, Lord Jesus Christ. That, Father, you have gifted every person in this room with something that they can use for your glory. And so, Lord, right now, I pray, Holy Spirit, you begin just to fan into flame that in their hearts and that they will just be moved by you. And so, Lord, continue to give us opportunities, continue to open doors for us. Let us be a light for you today. And, Lord, this week, help us just to share your love with our neighbors and draw them close to you. And, Lord, help us just to be a light wherever we go. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a great day. Thanks for checking out this week's message, Bethel Church Podcast. We hope that it's blessed you and encouraged you, and that you come back and check out next week's message as well.